didn't record. Did you hit record already? I pressed record. Clap your hands. You're going you're gonna to blindside me with some new topic I don't know anything about. You never know what I'm going to say. I, that's what the, the charm of this podcast is. Charm is that I, I'm confused, perpetually confused. Uh, no, no. I was looking at this response to one of our podcasts from oh, one response? of our listeners. I sent it to you, actually, way back when. Oh, I didn't get it. Oh. I did. You actually responded to it. But it was an, oh. it's an interesting quandary. And I mm-hmm. thought about it too. You know, there was a there was a situation where I was at this place in Santa Barbara and I ordered a vegan burger and it came on a brioche bun and I took that brioche bun and I took it off the the uh, hamburger because I knew that there was eggs and milk in that brioche bun. And I mean it had an egg wash, but is that food waste? And it's as if waste. if if yes, I if but... I cared about the environment and if I was a true vegan, perhaps I would eat it. Yes, I get that it's wasteful, like the crime's already been committed and it would otherwise be thrown away. But do you really want to pollute your body with this gross product of cruelty and suffering? It's like you you debase yourself by eating it. Maybe we need to change the way we th- look at things. What? Like, it's just molecules, and we need those molecules anyway? What, what, I don't know. How should we look at things? I'm actually lactose intolerant, so if I ate that bun, I'd get sick. But anyway, let me let me just read this comment, and we can continue with this. I'm listening to your vegan-ish episode, and you know, when I go out to a restaurant that isn't all vegan, and there's eggs or milk that can't be separated from the food, sometimes I just eat it in order to reduce food waste but i'll take a mental note so if i go again i can customize my order does that make me a bad vegan Mm. no it's i don't think it makes them a bad vegan it just makes them i don't know thoughtful conscious i don't know i can't blame them <laughs> for their decision because I, I understand like the, the waste has already happened. I personally wouldn't do it because I, I just have this revulsion, you know, this ick factor. Also, I associate the product with cruelty. Right. It's really it's it's so intertwined. So it's difficult personally for me to make that choice, but maybe this person can disassociate and understands that Food waste is actually an issue and that yes. it's important to make that choice. The crime has already been committed. They accidentally yeah. have some food there and they went ahead and consumed it. So here's the question. Uh, you know, we often discuss the ethics of these things, uh, wondering, like, you know, you have this imaginary, perfectly rational decision maker. And so you you think through the strategy of what is the optimal thing to do if people were logical. So uh, on one hand, let's say everybody, every time they accidentally got a bit of egg or something and they just ate it to reduce waste, that wouldn't necessarily signal to the restaurant that like this is not acceptable. You know, but at the same time, I don't think the restaurant notices when you put aside the bun. Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? Well, it, they're it, used to waste. Yeah, they're used to waste. So 
on one hand, it's I guess logical that if you if you weren't repulsed by the the content of the bun, and there's no way to send it back, I guess it makes sense to eat it. But at the same time, also you're perpetuating this pipeline of them. You know, you're you're creating by consuming the product, you're creating more demand for the product. So if if nobody consumed the product, the product they would stop ordering the product. They would stop making the product. I mean, they're just gonna throw it away. Yeah, I know. They're just yeah. That's the problem. In in one instance, your one burger doesn't make a difference. But that's like the what do you call that? The tragedy of the commons. If everybody does what you just did, um, it's a problem. So I, you know, I'm sort of mixing my metaphors, and I, I don't know if I'm really uh, expressing myself clearly. But uh, there's on one hand, there's the revulsion factor, and then on the other hand, there's the consumer signaling factor, um, and both of them are relevant in. You know, the, the revulsion factor is relevant just to you. The consumer signaling factor is relevant in aggregation of a lot of consumer choice. But the revulsion factor does help me stay vegan. Yes, it does. Yeah, the ick factor helps you stay vegan. I'll tell you, for, 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 for example, we were on our way back from Vegas and there was literally nothing to eat. We were stuck in Prim, and Prim is like a ghost town now. It's like mm-hmm. it's like on the the border from California to Nevada, and the only place that was open was a Taco Bell and like a donut shop and a Starbucks. So we went to Taco Bell, and I ordered a burrito and uh, took a bite of it. And there was dairy in it. And I spit it out immediately. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and and obviously, you know, and felt gross. I mean, again, I am lactose intolerant. If I eat that stuff, it makes me it physically Sick. ill. But there definitely also is that revulsion of, oh, I took a bite. I have some dairy in my mouth. You know, the, you know, there's a, there's a, a yeah, there's an ick factor per se that I that I possess. I mean, I was raised Jewish-ish, you know, not very observant, not very religious. But, you know, from my ancestral tradition, there is like a really intense delineation between like what is like kosher and not kosher, what is clean and unclean, what is like acceptable and what is unacceptable. So it's like by, you you know, they, they have all sorts of rules that are almost kind of arbitrary, like don't mix milk and meat and stuff like that, but or don't let you know so you're basically you know i come from this internalized notion that if you eat something wrong you've made yourself debased you've made yourself unclean like you have brought you in in the strictest interpretation of this like you have brought yourself further away from god now like i'm not a religious person now but i've you know like shellfish for example like they are the bottom feeding unclean crustaceans of the ocean so uh, you're rolling your eyes but this is just sort of no but I've mike i've seen you like 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 just get down on a on a slurpee so, <laughs> right, so obviously slurpee obviously i find that to be not no, the no, no, most no, ar- uh, relevant argument whether or not no, you're no, debasing yourself not, because I've seen you eat lots of junk argument. food, maybe accidentally saying, junk food. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Sure, sure, sure. No, but like, again, junk food is not unkosher, right? It isn't an unclean food. It isn't, um, what is it called? An abomination against nature. It's just junk food. Um, so I'm not saying like I practice the rules of kashrut. I've just internalized this notion that some foods are both unclean and like 
by eating them, you make yourself unclean. I'm going to take a shower now. Okay. <laughs> so I, I understand we both went out of the um, the comfort of Los Angeles, SoCal, this yep. vegan bubble that we live in. You mm-hmm. were in Tulsa? Tulsa, Oklahoma, yeah. What did you eat there? Uh, well, thank goodness for, you know, as we say, as we've been saying for a long time, we're glad that all the regular places like Burger King have a vegan option now because not everyone is as privileged as us that, you know, like some person in this theoretical small town in the middle of nowhere gets to have a vegan option. And so at, you know, when I was in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, a suburb of Tulsa, I was uh, happy to be that small town guy who has a vegan option. So I actually went to Burger King, Carl's Jr., Taco Bell. Um, Downtown Tulsa, however, there's like an arts district, you know, a little more uh, bohemian. And that actually had some great vegan options. I went to an empanada shop and I had a vegan empanada, which burned my mouth. But that's beside the point. They did warn me and I did not heed their warning. Um, But it was delicious. It had some... Like it burned your mouth because it was meat. spicy or because of it temperature? Was, no, it was fizz- temperature. They like it was fresh out of the oven. Um, and it had mushrooms and vegan, like seitan type meat, and it was really good. Um, they had a banh mi store, which also, you know, they they even you don't have to add it up in your head and see, like, oh, uh, let's look at all the ingredients. They say the word vegan, like, this is a vegan empanada, uh, this is a vegan banh mi. And so, uh, you know, I really appreciate that everywhere, even in America's heartland, um, someone's looking out for us. I remember being in Oklahoma and there was some really cool vegan options at the Walmart. They, well, Walmart in general has like adopted a lot of vegan options. So anyway. When were you last in Oklahoma? Oh, just a couple of years ago at a film festival. Mm. That's cool. Anyway, so yeah, I, I like the Vietnamese places too because there's generally a vegan option. Like I yeah. would always go to like off the beaten path. You go to a Vietnamese place, and they'll they'll usually be something with a vegan broth, or they'll make a bun, which is like noodles with tofu. They'll, they'll always be kind of a uh, a vegan option. A lot of times in Asian places that are kind of because of the Buddhist uh, tradition. Yeah, far removed, and they're always. Uh, um, and also it's easier to veganize, um, a lot of Asian food. It's mm-hmm. just because there are components that you can do but did, when you put you it together. Hear, this is slightly off topic, but did you hear about, um, Thai diplomacy? What's the that? government of the government of Thailand actually like subsidizes Thai food restaurants in America to, you know, to, they say it's like basically spreading, uh, culture and also encouraging tourism. I'm down with Thailand. It. Yeah, it's pretty cool, huh? Well, the cuisine of Thailand is so unique and beautiful, mm-hmm. and I think it would definitely inspire people to travel. Yeah, it's sweet as as Vietnamese food as well, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Vietnamese food again is another uh, um, very distinct, beautiful cultural food, and uh, represents the 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 people so well. Yeah, but you, you don't see as much Vietnamese food because <laughs> they, they might not have that same diplomatic outreach. Like when you think of you you think of Thai food as something like everywhere you go, there's a Thai restaurant. Oh, I find it. Yeah, sure. You I think it. I think pho is in the mainstream now. Oh, totally. Yeah. I, and uh, yeah, bon me. From, yeah, you're right. You're right. All that stuff is also finding its way into fusion and the fancy mm-hmm. restaurants, too. 
I, I don't know. I, I, I always have this kind of thing. I mean, I, I think growing up, I always went to Thai places. And as an adult, it's that battle between like what cultural food I like better. And I don't know. They're, they're both awesome. Mm-hmm. I cannot See, debate. You, you went to my homelands in Nevada? I went to homeland. Actually, I did have pho. I went to pho soy. Fasoy number one, which is, uh, there's some great Vietnamese places, great big Vietnamese supermarket in um, Las Vegas. But I, I also wanted to talk about like the main restaurant I went to because I thought it was important as a vegan creator to go to Crossroads. Ah, the fancy place. And have you been to Resorts World, by the way? I bet you have, right? I have before they had they had so few vegan options when I went. It was a desert out there. And they have that one place. It's like a Filipino place mm-hmm. where it's You see like pigs in the window. That's right. Ducks. There's they actually have physically have a, a dead pig it's that's been grotesque. baked and broiled. I understand. Anyway, let's go to Crossroads because I, I had an interesting situation here at Crossroads because I wasn't sure whether or not it was going to be busy because it was like Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Vegas was packed. The concrete convention was in town. Oh, I see. I don't know if there's a lot of overlap between concrete enthusiasts and vegans. Well, the food convention. I was there for the food convention. So, yeah. but but it was it was a packed place. There was like a, I guess there was like a football games. So there was a lot of excitement. People were watching football. And so I was thinking, oh, well, you know, let me see if I can get a, you know, reservation or I'll just walk over to Resorts World and see about getting a reservation at Crossroads. In fact, they have this giant like LED billboard. And as I was walking to Crossroads, there was this big LED billboard that said Crossroads now accepting reservations like, oh, must be exclusive place. So I got in there Sunday primetime dinner. They sat me in like two minutes. They just... Mm-hmm. No reservation, huh? Empty tables. Like all the other restaurants in Vegas were like booked. So I don't know if it's catching on. Uh, hey, do better, vegans. Spend a lot of money so that we have a really expensive option. It's not that expensive if you order okay. I mean, if you don't get the truffle potatoes for like $50. Oh my God. Um, You know, the I, I think I think I ended up paying about, I mean, with tip, a little over a hundred dollars for, for how many I, people my, myself and my daughter we went there two people hundred dollars yeah it's like uh you know a eating out date night sort of thing i didn't think we ordered drinks like if we'd ordered like fine wine or mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I was gonna say what i ordered because i thought that the the, mo- the most interesting thing was the carbonara but i ordered um the squash blossom ricotta fried appetizer which is delicious it's this kind of Mm. uh they're kind of it's a signature appetizer that i've had before at the la crossroads is this similar to la crossroads this some similar dishes they have a couple other like i don't know maybe more pricey options for Mm. the high rolling las vegas people i i but but mostly uh the the greatest hits are there and also it's a beautiful space the beautiful chandeliers uh um, I mean, it's just as beautiful as the uh, L.A. Uh, crossroads. You know, it's a really beautiful fine dining, you know, white tablecloth, nice plate, beautiful service. Everyone's friendly. No one's there. You know, it just doesn't mm-hmm. have the the, I, the the people. I'm honestly kind of surprised the L.A. crossroads has lasted this long. I think it's 
decent food. I mean, it's good food. It's just really expensive for small plates. You really want a lot of lot of food. I'm a hungry. I'm a hungry boy. You go to the uh, the Wind Buffet. That's your oh, your hit. Yes, that's that's my favorite place of all, other than the now defunct Soup Plantation, which I I actually had a dream about Soup Plantation last night. <laughs> I had a nightmare about soup plantation. No, I, I not. I just my memory was. Just, I just forgot about this until now. But um, in my dream, somebody rebooted soup plantation, and then within my dream, I cried tears of joy. And then I woke up disappointed that soup plantation was not in fact rebooted. Maybe I should do it. I think you need to do it. No, somebody actually tried. Somebody in San Diego, you know, there's a company which bought the trademark. And this guy in San Diego has attempted to reboot Soup Plantation, but he also owns like an old folks home. And his idea was that his idea was that during like the morning and early afternoon, it would be, serve as the old folks cafeteria. And then at night, it becomes the Soup Plantation. And he was actually going to use the Soup Plantation location. You know, it was originated in San Diego. He was going to use one of the original Soup Plantation locations and he couldn't get the name, the trademark. And so probably because of this old folks home hybrid idea, if he had just made it a regular supplementation, maybe. Anyway, point is, it didn't work. And then in the morning, they could turn it into crematorium, mortuary. God, stop, <laughs> stop. Don't pollute this. This. I this think he already polluted it. Idea. I, I like I would I would go to San Diego. The cemetery the in the back. It's perfect. It's like you get them in and then they go out the back door listeners write angry <laughs> letters to jason for his insensitive comments so anyway i got the pizza mm -hmm. which is actually i think their pizza is like 20 bucks it's like a, that's okay. the best deal at that's at Crossroads. like a pizza yeah okay I mean, most pizzas anywhere on, on the menu i think it's like 22 dollars. and and the, okay. i saw the pizza was okay it wasn't the greatest it was good i got a cauliflower steak which was uh kind of a side order it was delicious it was really well done and then the best thing is their carbonara, which is, you know, this mm -hmm. cheesy pasta, but they mm. put a vegan egg yolk in it, which is pretty amazing. Oh, how did they make that? I'm sure you tried to reverse engineer that sucker. I looked it up. I mean, have you, are you aware of the famous Crossroads vegan egg yolk? No, they have a cookbook. So does it tell you how to make it? No, it's a big secret, supposedly. Hmm. But there's some video of them doing it. You know, I know how it's made. They basically, it's actually, Build it looks just like an egg yolk. It's basically, they take yellow tomatoes that okay. are kind of like unripe. They don't have a lot of flavor. Mm -hmm. Then they roast them. They blend them. So they have that kind of whatever, that yolky vibe. And then mm -hmm. they add black salt and other seasonings to give it an egg yolk oh. flavor. And then there's a solution called sodium alginate. And, mm -hmm. and sodium alginate is actually derived from seaweed. And it's sort of this jello, jelly-like substance. So basically, you, they put the liquid in the sodium alginate, the puree of tomatoes in the so sodium alginate, and then it forms a little bubble that's the yolk. They wow. pull it, they scoop it out, and they put it on the food, and and that's their sort of signature egg yolk. And I mean, I eventually, I mean, I mean, I've seen other creators make it. I'd like to make it just to see what it's like because it's the most realistic egg yolk that I've seen, and it actually did it taste real. It had a great eggy flavor. I mean, I mean, I think if you put black salt on anything, it tastes like eggs. It's got that sulfur fat. Oh right, okay, interesting.
Yes. It's a yeah, lot of work, but I, I guess if they, you do it in scale, it's not a big deal. So I recommend you go to Crossroads if it's still going to be in business, because you know mm. Vegas, it's like fly or die in Vegas. Right. And I don't know if Think or swim. people are going to support it. I mean, I think, I think Vegas is like, People like rare steak and trash can nachos and just, Mm. I mean, do they really want enlightened vegan cuisine? Let's hope that you just went there on an off night and it's normally bumping and, uh, and the, you know, it'll continue. My posts actually hit some people at Vegas and they, they, a lot of people from Vegas didn't know that it existed. Oh. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to get people involved. That means that um, Crossroads should send you a gift certificate because you sent them some customers. Who knows? Who knows? So what did you have for lunch, Mike Keller? I have not had lunch yet, but I think I will end up having a delicious carbonara, also known as um, Trader Joe's vegan bolognese pasta, which I've had before and I know you think is just okay. You can make your own vegan egg yolk. That would be awesome. I will probably not endeavor to do that. I have some food for you, too. Yes, I would love to try some food. Some gross food? Like, allegedly gross food, but I'll like it. 